Hey, retro lovers, welcome to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast, where we talk all about pop culture, retro toy collecting, and nostalgia. And now, here are your Nostalgia Junkies. So I'm Alex. And I'm Joe. And this is Nostalgia Junkies. So Joe, I know both you and I were talking about watching Goosebumps on Disney+. Plus. I actually love that show. That show got me into Disney Plus a lot. Good. So you, you finished the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember if we talked about it because I remember we said we were going to, but that show was phenomenal. It was good. I think the reason we didn't talk about it is because we had a couple of breaks around the holidays mm-hmm. and they eventually finished it off. But I think probably one of their better Disney Plus shows they came out with. And that post credit scene with Justin Long as Harold Biddle when he's looking in the mirror. Yeah. Amazing. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens next. I heard season two is coming out. So yeah, heard so, a couple of rumors. So Disney Plus officially announced that Goosebumps 2 will be coming out. Ooh. However, they said there's going to be a twist. Instead of it just continuing the story as we know it, mm-hmm. it's going to be a whole new storyline following another line of books. Mm. I don't like that. Not at all. Not at yeah. all. I feel, like, I, I feel like there was so much going for it. There was so much hype. I initially thought they were just going to drop episode after episode, like, mm-hmm. you know, episodic weekly. Yep. And then they batched like the first five. Yeah. And then they just stopped. Oh, so um, I know I was looking forward to it, picking up right where it left off. The fact that there's going to be a new story. If if it lives up to the hype that the first season did, it should be no problem then. Exactly. I mean, because look at American was it American Horror Story, mm-hmm. the TV show that has like a whole new storyline every oh, single yeah. year. Yeah, every year is something different. I don't watch it, but I I that's basically what I've gotten is that every single year it's a different story. Yeah, and that show's been going for what eight nine years at this point. Yeah, it's gonna be like 10, oh, I think almost ten actually. Okay, so I mean yeah. it's been done. Yeah. So I can see Goosebumps doing it. It's not like they don't have the stories to do it. Hmm. I just really liked that cast of characters. I thought the cast of characters was really good. Also, I feel like there was a lot of unfinished business. So I don't know if it's going to tie in eventually like season three or season four, where they take a bunch of stories and converge them into one line that that's a possibility. It's a bold choice. It's a bold strategy there. Cotton. It's a bold, bold strategy. Cotton. I I could see that happening. I could see Disney Plus and Goosebumps playing the long game and like having post credit scenes for like season one and season two play into like what could eventually be the big bat for season three or four. Mm -hmm. Maybe bringing back uh, what was his name? Condar. The guy guy that was inside of Slappy. Oh, Condu? Condu. Condu. I I could see them doing that and like letting it kind of fester because like they really, they really overused Slappy a little bit. Yeah, I, I def, I think they definitely, they definitely used that Slappy as the um, catalyst for a lot of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the very end, I think he was heavily, you know, saturated into the story, which I don't think it needed. I think just focusing more on the characters and you know the things they're going through as you know teenagers would have been so much more better. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't bad. It definitely kind of went downhill a little bit or just tapered off a little bit. A couple episodes kind of seemed like it was kind of random. Just kind of plateaued. Yeah. Like when they had the tower of humans and stuff like that, that, uh, that, that kind of came out of nowhere quickly. Like, 
I, I see what you're saying. Like it kind of like they had set up a really good story. It ended and next, then it just escalated out of the middle of nowhere. Next episode, there was a tower of people We're like, what? I agree with that. I feel like doing the way that the season one ended, if they let it end the way it did on the mountain and then brought Condu back like inside of Justin Long and Slappy yeah. and led that in season two I to thought, be the tower, I feel like that would have been better opposed to going from like finishing the story and then next episode, it's even worse. Yeah, I feel like that mountain episode at the very end mm-hmm. was the perfect spot to stop it. Yep. I think where we're at now, it 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 works. I got a little more goosebumps, you know, so I was I appreciate uh. that. But I feel like that mountain scene was just like that perfect cliffhanger. Literally a cliffhanger. They're on a mountain on a cliff. Like mm-hmm. it was perfect. Like the mountain cliffhanger was the perfect way to end the season, except they end like the second to last episode that way. Yeah. Then they have this big explosion of bad stuff going on. They solve the problem and then have almost the identical cliffhanger at the end of the season. Yeah. So I can see the shift as to why they're going to do a new storyline. Cause again, like I said it, I think they've overused slappy, whether it's just in the goosebumps TV series that was on Disney plus or any of the two movies that came out beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think the recent media slappies is synonymous with goosebumps. Like when you think of goosebumps, that is what you think of. Yeah. It's not, it's not the skeleton with the Mohawk. It's not the logo. It's slappy. And I think it needs to shift for me. I didn't, the night of the living dummy one. Wasn't my, it was actually one I didn't read. Okay. Um, the goosebumps logo always iconic. So that textured, you know, writing and the word goosebumps, like that feeling that that's goosebumps to me. But I think, you know, people were skeptic at first, you know, me and you, you know, called our shot, called it right. Mm -hmm. I think if you have, okay, maybe you don't have Justin Long. Maybe he's not around and maybe the cast isn't around. Shame. Great cast. I don't want them to age out of the part two, but the production team was really good. You had great music, great production. You know, the CGI was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, the whole crew did a great job. So I don't want to say I'm going to be sad about it, but maybe, hey, maybe this is going to be even better. Maybe they're setting us up for something even better. And we're going to look at season one. It's like, okay, that was a nice little appetizer. Here's like the entree. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's something like that. You know what? Only time will tell. Exactly. But we did get another announcement for another new TV series coming out. Knuckles on Paramount Plus. I did see that for everyone who's watching. I'm sorry. I have not seen the Sonic movies. I've seen bits and pieces. Every time I go to Best Buy, it's always playing. Shame on you. But it does look good. The movie I heard is pretty good. Her Jim, Car- uh, Jim Carrey kills it as Eggman. Oh, he does a phenomenal job. I was... I was skeptical going in to see the first movie, especially mm-hmm. with all the issues with the Sonic CGI. Mm-hmm. And I love Jim Carrey. I think yeah. Jim Carrey is a phenomenal actor, mm-hmm. whether he's doing a serious role or a comedic role. I didn't see him as Eggman. Mm-hmm. He, just, he doesn't have the body for it. I, yeah. I mean, let's be real. Nobody has the body to play Dr. Robotnik. Mm-hmm. Who, who's built like that? <laughs> um. That boy mm. built like a brick on a stick. See, the only thing I, 
The only way I can think of is like I'm thinking of like anime characters like Fat Gum from My Hero. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 But I, I think Jim Carrey has that um you know, he can do the dialogue, he can have that charisma that Eggman mm-hmm. has. Um I kind of like the skinny uh version of Eggman. Like there's different renditions of him mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like drawn and stuff like that, where you know he's not an actual an egg. But uh I will say the the biggest difficulty for me in the first movie, because again, he's not built like Dr. Eggman. However, nobody is. You can get past that. Mm -hmm. He was missing one iconic feature, the mustache. I thought he had a big giant mustache. Oh yeah. He just had the normal one. He just had a tiny little, little mustache. That was it. But when he came back after stuff happened, Mm -hmm. he had the mustache. And I like that they showed progression of character and even with like the being built like dr eggman mm-hmm. you can see that they're working towards it mm. and that's what i love about this movie it does some quick little things like trying to get little like gotchas like including the green hills theme song as the police officer's ringtone mm-hmm. like oh look at we did a little easter egg mm. but then they have like the long game of like Sonic not immediately getting the Chaos Emeralds in the first episode or um, in the first movie, they don't have really a lot of the mechs, and like mm. you see that evolution of the characters. Mm. So I'm interested to see what they do in the Knuckles TV series, but also the Sonic Three movie because Shadow's coming in. I did hear Shadow's coming in. He was a very popular one when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he got introduced around when we were going to school, correct? Yeah, because it was a uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle or Sonic Adventure yeah. Battle, which like, I, I feel like I grew up with Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube more than the Dreamcast. Mm. A lot of my friends played it. I just didn't. I watched, um, for me, Sonic is always going to be stuck on Sega and Dreamcast. Um, and Dreamcast was one of those things like you know, Sonic Adventures, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shadow's a big big name like because what do you start off with sonic in the first one yep. knuckles in the second and then, tails was in the second one too and tails was in the second one as well and then now the third one's gonna have shadow mm-hmm. and then we're missing a couple more characters and stuff yep. like that so like i know they're introducing i'm gonna butcher this name but pachamakamak whatever his name is he's mm-hmm. the grand leader of the the knuckles, the knuckles clan, tribe. Yep. and like so we're getting more characters introduced in the knuckles tv series but introducing Shadow in the next movie, we can get Rouge the Bat. Yeah. We can get Big Cat. We can get Cream. We can get Amy. Like mm-hmm. there are so many characters that they have yet to introduce. Yeah. I I am waiting for my favorite Sonic character. Which is Jet. Mm. Do you remember Sonic Riders? It was the racing game on like they had this the boards. Of course I remember that. <laughs> I love that game. That might be one of if not my favorite Sonic game. Mm. It's hard for me to say that I like that over Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Mm. But Jet in the Babylon Knights was such a cool line to me. Yeah. No, I think I think whatever they do with it, again, same take as, you know, the Goosebumps series. Mm-hmm. The production crew has done its job. They've done well. And, you know, they're overcoming adversity. So I think this... Uh, this knuckle series mm-hmm. is going to be a, you know, a make or break for them. 
it's either going to, you know, push this thing up to the next level mm-hmm. or it's going to stay where it is and say, okay, it'll be one of those films that we remember. But, you know, could have been more. But I, I think it's going to be the first. I think it's, it's all going to depend on how they do the storytelling. Yeah. Is it going to be episodic or is it going to be like one big long storyline? And I guess what I'm trying to say is, are they going to divide it up kind of how like Goosebumps did mm-hmm. where like it was episodic, but there was a big storyline mm-hmm. or is it going to be like every episode's a new adventure kind of well that, or I was even thinking like how Captain America, Captain America Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier or yep. Falcon Winter Soldier was where it's like yep. one storyline where it's a six hour story divided into five parts. Yeah. And it's just a lot of downtime. Yeah. I feel like the Goosebumps mode works so much better. It's like there is a point to each episode. There's a little bit of action, but it's one big long thing. I agree. I think Disney has been very creative on their um, formats of their story. Mm-hmm. Different, but it's worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, you know, Loki is a great example. Great. You know, they know how to do series that way. Um, I, I like season two of Loki. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So I'm, is I it better than one? It's much better than one. I mm. also was not a big fan of one. I mm. felt that one was very slow paced. I think it was slow paced um, towards the end. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, it got a little slow. Yeah, I did like uh, WandaVision. WandaVision, I think, is my favorite just because mm. it was that episodic storyline where it just kind of revealed a little more of the truth going on. Yeah. Where I, I would argue that every other Marvel TV show that's on Disney Plus, while they're not terrible, mm-hmm. there really hasn't been one that's been like, oh my God, this is the one. Yeah. Like, this is the one that I absolutely love. Like, I had that feeling watching Captain America Winter Soldier when that movie came out in theaters and Hydra like took over. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I've been looking for a TV show that Marvel's produced to do that. And it just. Since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it hasn't done it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She-Hulk was pretty close, I thought. I thought it was pretty good. Um, but no, I agree with you completely. I agree with you completely. I think WandaVision, the episodic, that was like, hey, it's episodic, but it's mm-hmm. low-key, or not even low-key. Like, it's actually just like a story within a story, kind of. Yep. It, it made sense. Yeah, um, and like, don't get me wrong. I will watch whatever Marvel puts out. Because I'm a Marvel nerd. I grew up with it. I mm. was on the computer reading Wikipedia articles, Googling whatever comic I could get my hand on. And I, I love Marvel. I think yeah. that they have the capability to tell a phenomenal story. I think that over time, Marvel is trying to do it faster paced mm-hmm. because they were able to for a short period of time. Yeah. But they've retired all those characters and now we have to take a step back. But because we've been so used to just seeping in and drinking up all of that Marvel and superhero content. Mm-hmm. If it's not giving us every little bit of endorphin that we want, it, we are deeming it not good. And I think that that's something we as viewers need to recognize is that every show is not going to do that. Like it took us years to get to infinity war and Endgame. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that was their first movie. It took what? 10 years to get there. And yeah, like 10, 12, yeah. 13 years. And that's where we need to recognize that. Mm. And that's what I'm hoping. Like I see Paramount actually doing that with Sonic. They're mm. taking their time. And 
That's why I'm really hoping we have a good Sonic franchise. And uh, just a little plug, uh, Paramount, please work with Illumination because I want a Super Smash Brothers movie. That'd be pretty cool. Right? That'd be pretty cool. I'd, I'd like that a lot. But what do you say we get into our uh, 90s couples ranking? I'm excited for this one. I'm really excited. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying this episode of Nostalgia Junkies, you might want to check out our episode where we revisit our favorite Nickelodeon game shows or even our 90s cartoon theme song showdown. If you're looking for ways to support the podcast, consider leaving a five-star review or subscribing to help grow the show. While you're at it, check out our social medias at Nostalgia Junkies Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, as we're always putting up nostalgia-related shorts. Now, back to the show. So today on our podcast, instead of doing our this or that section, Mm -hmm. we are going to be ranking iconic 90s couples in an S-tier rank. Yes, sir. So this will go from S, which is the best, then A, B, C, D, all the way down to F, which is just, they are a garbage couple and should not be together. Mm, I can name a couple. So right off the bat, our first one, which I probably think is the most notable couple of like the 90s into the 2000s, mm-hmm. Ross and Rachel from Friends. Mm. Ross and Rachel are very iconic. Um, is Rachel on this list twice? No, Rachel is only on this list once. Okay. Um, I, I know what you're thinking because that's what I'm yeah. thinking too. Yeah. So um, they're a good couple. They're a good couple. Mm-hmm. They're that evening time couple. I think we all grew up around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got Jennifer Aniston. You know, she's, she's always great. Um, I don't know the actor's name for um, David Schwimmer. It, perfect. I'm, I'm glad you. you He's good. He's very good. He's very funny. Um, very playful. For me, I'm going to give them... I would rank them a high or a low A, high B. So I'm probably giving them a... I'm probably giving them a B, to be honest. B? Okay. That Honestly, that's higher than I was going to rank them. Mm. I would say a C. Okay. You know, I think I think they were a good couple. I think that they had good moments. I think they had bad moments. Mm-hmm. The whole we were on a break thing. Mm-hmm. They were on a break. Yeah. I, I firmly stand on the fact that Ross and Rachel were on a break when he slept with the other girl. Mm-hmm. The issue was he did it within 24 hours. They were on a break for 24 hours, not even 24 hours. There was a lot of issues between their expectations mm-hmm. for each other, their miscommunication. While they were good, there was a lot of bad, which is for me what I would honestly say is C. Mm. I think that like from the viewer standpoint, yes, they were awesome to watch. From a couple standpoint, Rachel should have ended up with Joey. Agreed. I think she thrived but more with Joey and Joey. Um, Joey just seemed like he was figuring it all out when he was with her too. Mm-hmm. I, so- I think the only reason Joey didn't end up with Rachel at the end of Friends is solely so they could do the spinoff show, Joey. Yeah. Which that flopped after one or two seasons. Yeah. So what are we saying? Uh, Low B, high C? I think you can give them a C. Okay. I'm going to pop them into the C category. I think, I think separating them from the couple on TV and couple, like what they were, like Mm -hmm. if we were to see them like out in the street, I think that's something to keep in mind. So I, I think a C is fair. Okay. So our next one Jackie and Kelso, that 70s show. 
Mm. Let me get your opinion on this one. This one is like up and down for me. So one of the things that I always loved is that Jackie always referred to Kelso by his actual name, which is Mm. Michael. Like, come here, Michael. Yes, Michael. What are you doing, Michael? Yep. And watching them, I enjoyed watching Jackie and Kelso more than I enjoyed watching Ross and Rachel. Mm. I also think that they had some better moments. My issue with this is, and again, I think Jackie should end up with Fez. Mm. I think that a lot of these couples that the way that they ended the show, it, they weren't with the right people. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. Did you watch that 90s show? Uh, no, I was seen... on Netflix. Nah, they, they have Jackie with Kelso in the future with their kid. However, Fez makes an appearance and talks about his one true love and refers to her, uh, refers to her as Jackie. Mm-hmm. If I were to rank them, I would say B, B minus, mainly because I think that they had better moments. I think they had better chemistry. And the difference between Jackie and Kelso and Ross and Rachel, Jackie and Kelso were kids. Mm-hmm. They were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Ross and Rachel were full-grown adults who should have known better. Mm. Granted, by full-grown adults, I mean, they're our age. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. in their late 20s, early, early 30s. 30s. Like, it's, it's weird to think that we're the friend's age. Yeah, so you would put them in a B, B minus. Yeah, I put, I'd put them above Ross and Rachel. So I agree with putting them above Ross and Rachel. Um, you know, they are young. They were young. They did get into this relationship, you know, at a young age and they kind of stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Almost like high school sweethearts, but not really high school sweethearts. But they've been together for a while. What I will say is I felt a lot of times their relationship was very volatile. I felt like there was a lot of times there was you know, he was upset with her. She was upset with him. Mm-hmm. And you would have a couple episodes where they're kind of just not talking to each other. You know, um, I, if I'm correct, she moved out for a bit. Um, there was like a whole camper involved and stuff like that. Yeah, I believe he slept with um, Topher Grace's uh, sister. Yeah. So Eric's sister. Yeah. yeah Eric, there yeah. we go. So he slept with Eric's sister. So it was just a little weird. Like, you know, they're young. But when you have expectations on what you expect, you know, mm-hmm. young kids to be doing it or not kids like, you know, you know, mid, they're in their mid 20s at this point. Right. I think for all of the 70s show, they were like, in I don't college. know if they actually were in their 20s. It might have maybe early 20s, like 20. Yeah, like 20, 21, maybe because they were drinking and stuff like that. Well, I mean, yeah. But yeah. But then again, like 18. Yeah. I, I, I. I believe the show ended with Eric or going into the last season was Eric going off to college. Mm. So they were like 18, 19. Okay. So again, very volatile. I feel like it was ups and downs. I felt a lot of, you know, just as a guy, tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I felt like, um, well, I, I just drew a blank on her name. Jackie. I, Jackie. I felt like she was very, emotional in times and she was very blunt mm-hmm. um a little more controlling than uh michael was so it was just one of those things that kind of like always run me the wrong way i always felt for michael a lot you know mm-hmm. i'm always like yo, he could probably be doing better there's probably someone out there better for him um so where are we putting her definitely above um 
you want to say C plus above Ross and Rachel, but still in that C category? I would put them in B. B? I think I think B is fair for them. Okay. Let's let's go to our next one. This one, I'm honestly gonna say, is probably the the easiest F for me to give. Sam and Diane from Cheers. Yeah. There was not a moment in their relationship where they were just good. It didn't seem like they were they didn't have that connection kind of. It kind of seemed like they were just you're together. Yeah, yeah it was supposed you're, to be that opposite to track, you know. Yeah. He's the former Red Sox baseball pitcher. She's a a scholar. They both work into a bar. He owns a place as a retired alcoholic and Diane is Diane. And it yeah. was it was fun to watch them. I won't say it wasn't fun to watch all their yeah. fights, but as a couple, oh my god, no, no, no. Just no. It should have been a split. Easy split. So easy F. Easy F. Easy F. Fourth couple. Honestly, this might be the exact opposite side of the spectrum. Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky from Full House. So I know you were a big uh, you know, Full House, Saved by the Bell type person. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of these people, but I do know that couple. Okay. You know, when I would turn on the show, I'd be like, oh, what am I watching? It's Full House. Oh, let me watch a couple episodes because you know, last standings or, or last man standings coming up or, you know, something else coming up. They seem like a genuinely nice couple. I have, I didn't see any red flags when I was watching them. They genuinely cared for each other. They were talking nicely to each other. Again, I've only seen pieces, clips here and there. So I haven't seen the whole chronological order of their lives um, on TV. But from what I've seen, they seem calm. They seem like they figured it out together. Mm-hmm. And I think their communication was something we don't see often in couples. Um, so for that, I agree. It's on the other end of the spectrum. Definitely above the first two we put it. Oh, yeah. So I think the lowest we could give them would be an A. I, I a would, minus. I would argue that they are an S tier couple. I think that, you know, Uncle Jesse was immature when they started dating. But Aunt Becky, like, forced him to grow up while also maintaining who he was. Like, he didn't have to stop being Uncle Jesse. He didn't Mm. have to stop having fun. He just needed to realize that he had responsibilities. Mm. And I think that was, that's one of my main reasons for why I think they deserve an S. Mm. Is that that couple showed that you can grow as a couple while also maintaining who you are at the center of your person. I think for the reason you just named, I think that's a fair. That's, that's very fair. So I, let's put them as an S. Wow. We have our, our first S couple. So, so far we have one in S one in B one in C and an F couple. So we're all over the place. This one might be our hardest one to place. Homer and Marge Simpson. I, I definitely, I, I'm going to say it's probably not an S. It's probably not an F. It's not an F. I, I'd personally say mm. right in that CD category. Mainly just because while Homer genuinely loves Marge, he's so much of an idiot, he's consistently screwing stuff up. I have thought about it. I think it is fair. I can't believe I'm saying this. I would have to put them 
I'm gonna have to put him in an A. Really? Yeah. Okay, convince me. Convince me. All right. So when they both they're both black sheep of their family. Okay. Um, Homer, you know, grandpa's always talking to him like he's dumb. You know, Marge family, she's the one that's the outsider. She has her sisters who are the twins. You know, they're smoking, they do everything together. Um, and Marge literally had no support. So they both grew up with no support. Then you get married, you have kids, and they're figuring out on their own. He start off work at the, you know, the power plant. Next thing you know, he, they buy a house. Now they have a car. And now you have kids, house, car. Yes, is he, yes, he's, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. But he does come back to realize how much he does love March. And any of the movies, like, for example, you know, the Simpson movie, you know, do they have multiple movies? The Simpson movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, I'm like, yeah, which one am I thinking about? You know, mm-hmm. she leaves him. He comes finding her. Um, you know, he puts himself back in the dome and all that stuff. You know, he does everything he does for his family. Um, and I think at the end of the day, Marge realizes that as well. Hey, he's not the perfect. He's he's not perfect, but you know, he makes sure that I don't have to work. He makes sure that the kids have everything they need. He's here for the kids. You know, we're black sheep of our families and the community. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, he's you'll still see him trying, you know, to, you know, woo her, keep it a little fresh, a little exciting. Um, and I think that's what she loves about him. I think that's what keeps him together. Granted, Homer's dumb as hell. Like, like he, he needs to realize these things and just keep them in his brain. Mm-hmm. But I think genuinely as a couple, it's, you know, ups, downs. They have fun. They always come at the end of the episodes. They figure it out. Um, okay. You, you convinced me. I, but I, I but they are terrible. They, their circumstances is terrible. They live in a town of whack jobs. So if you put it in, in that lens, in that perspective, a town full of whack jaws, a kid, I'm in danger. You know, you, you have to be like, okay, the bar's got to be pretty low. So that S, it's not as hard as the other ones. But, oh, I, I would say, based on what you said, mm. I would say low A, high B. Yeah. Because, you know, I think for the reasons why we put, you know, Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky in S is that they're adults. They figure it out. They work mm. together. I don't see the same stuff happening with Homer and Marge. Yeah. And I think that that's the defining, like, barrier between S and A is, like, being a functional couple together. Where I think, yeah. like, you're saying they're functional human beings. They absolutely love each other. It always comes back together. Homer is consistently trying to sabotage unintentionally, unintentionally. And I think that that, that would be the only reason why I would say high B low a. Yeah. But I'll, you know, you convinced me. I will, I will concede with an a, I think, I think a is fair. Mm -hmm. So our next one Mm -hmm. is probably the most iconic nineties couples to me because it's, (laughs) 
I watched this show every single day growing up. I would <laughs> skip school to watch this show growing up. Corey and Topanga from Boy Meets World. This one's all yours, man. You're you're the expert. Dude, I I absolutely love them. I think that the show did a great job showing their growth, but focusing on just them as a couple. And I'm focusing on the Boy Meets World couple, mm-hmm. not their post-show, not yep. Girl Meets World. I'm talking about the nostalgia Boy Meets World couple. Mm-hmm. I would have to say the way that the show ended, they're an A. Mm. I would love to give them an S, but they're an A. If we look at the overall, they're doing the work. Yeah. They they had hard times. They had like they've had really difficult times. Topanga up and yeah. moved to Pennsylvania, or she up and moved, and she ran away back to Corey, and yep. they did that. Mm-hmm. They had a crappy ass apartment that they learned to fix up and make their own space. Mm-hmm. Like they had to learn to tough it out on their own. Yeah, as a couple. They dealt with people trying that Corey, they tried to cheat with Corey. They had uh, professors that tried to like power pressure to Panga. Yep. They dealt with so much mm-hmm. and they've seen it through. Uh, what do you think? S or A? I think just the fact that they figured it out mainly by themselves, you have to put them on that. Okay. They're- I would say due to age and immaturity. Yeah. Below Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky. I agree. I agree. Okay, we'll put them up in S. But they, they learned a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. And they're also, they're like in their 20s, like yeah. early 20s, where Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky are not. Yeah. Like they're in their mid-30s. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's, let's look at another friends couple. Chandler and Monica. Um, they were fun. I, I thought they were more of the, you know, comedic uh, relationship that I known to go i don't think it was as deep as uh rachel and ross though or even potentially could have been you know um rachel and uh joey joey but um they were one of those couples i think they were just like there Mm -hmm. they were a thing it was just easier and stuff like that i don't think they were on a deep level uh i mean if you if you watched the last season yeah where they're trying to have a kid and they just can't conceive, and they end up going through all of the mo. Um, they go, end up going through all the steps to adopt. Mm-hmm. It really showed like the depth of their characters, yeah, and their commitment to one another. And I think that there's a lot of good stuff that they did with Chandler's character, showing the passion that he has for his friends. Like mm-hmm. when he accidentally kissed that girl that Joey was dating but wasn't dating. Mm-hmm. I think he was dating two girls at the same time. And then he spent all of Thanksgiving inside the box and was just like wagging his finger out. Yeah. Like, I, I think that just because of Chandler, yeah, they deserve an A ranking. Okay. I think that Monica, I, I think that they perfectly offset each other. Chandler's immaturity and childlikeness, it's set off or complemented by Monica's uh, like neurotic behavior. Yeah. And I think it's it's a positive neurotic. She's consistently cleaning while Chandler just knows like, okay, I'm I'm out of your way. You clean up, like, because mm-hmm. I'm gonna clean it wrong. Mm. And they they know that about each other. So, I, I would say A. I think A is good. I had them at a B, 
Um, but I think if we put them at the bottom of the A tier, I think that'll be under Homer and Marge. Oh, under Homer. You know, I'm a, I'm put them under Homer and Marge. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think that they were good. I don't think they were like the iconic it couple. No, not at all. But I think out of productiveness, definitely. Yeah. Okay. We have uh, another, another great, uh, I'd say kids show couple. Mm. Zach and Kelly from Saved by the Bell. Did you grow up watching Saved by the Bell? I don't think I did. Oh my gosh. So, you know, like everybody's fascination with Daniel Fischel, right? Yeah. Basically, uh, Tiffany Thiessen from Saved by the Bell was like the compliment to the Daniel Fischel on Boy Meets World. Okay. Saved by the Bell, interesting premise of a show. Basically just, you know, middle school and high schoolers getting up to hijinks. I love Saved by Bell the college years. Mm-hmm. I think that Zach and Kelly were a great couple. I think iconic wise, yes, they're basically the epitome of high school sweethearts. Mm. That being said, I don't think they were a healthy couple. Okay. Zach, Zach Morris is an asshole. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like there's a whole, there's a whole YouTube episode and channel yeah. dedicated on that. All Zach Morris does is try and figure out what can I get from this person? Yeah. And there's no like, oh, I learned a bigger lesson. And then he's like, character has changed. Every single episode is him trying to game the system. Yeah. And the crazy part is, while Kelly Kapowski tries to be his voice of reason every now and then, she recognizes that she benefits from it and is fine mm. with it. Yeah. And I think for me, that's why they're a D couple. They're not, the, they work together. They're not effing toxic like as towards each other, like Sam and Diane. However, they are not, a, they're not good people. Mm-mm. I don't think that they are good people. Zach Morris is a demon. Oh, so hell yeah. You can put, D is fine. D is fine D. with me. Yeah, I, I, I've, I just, I've seen a couple episodes of Saved by the Bell. I've seen YouTube videos on, you know, hey, this is not normal for Zach to be doing these things. And then I, I'm like, okay, let me watch it without the context. And then I, mm-hmm. like, if shit, you look shit person, if you look at one of the other couples, you have AC Slater and Jesse and AC yeah. Slater, Mario Lopez won the date Kelly Kapowski, mm-hmm. but you know, lost out to Zach Morris. Cause she was a prize. Yeah. And I mean, there was a whole episode in that shoot. Then they yep, yep. let Zach have it, but AC Slater starts dating Jesse. You'll see the jock and the nerd and they are actually beneficial to one another. Yeah. And they even go into the fact that Jesse had a drug problem of like trying to just like dope up on caffeine so she could stay awake and study. It was a whole thing. Mm. But let's get into our next couple. We have four more on the list. Next up, we have Fran Drescher and Maxwell Sheffield from The Nanny. I have never watched The Nanny. You have never watched The Nanny. Bro, that is a show I don't think any hood kid watch. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> we didn't even have nannies for ourselves, my boy. Yo, it's not like I had nannies myself, man. It was just yeah, a right? great show. Um, okay, so then let, me, let me just say this. I would say that they are... They're, they're a high B. I'd say above Jackie and Kelso. Mm. You know, they're, they work together well. They're from opposite worlds. You have Maxwell's 
partner in business. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what her name is, but she's trying to sleep with Maxwell and get rid of Fran and they overcome adversity. Fran is accepted by Maxwell's kids from a previous mm-hmm. marriage. There's really not, I, I don't remember any issues with their relationship. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that they had the, oh my God, we are Fran and Maxwell. Like, you know, like yeah. you watch a TV show and like you can see yourselves in the characters. Yeah. Like you just said, no hood, no hood kids saw themselves yeah. in the nanny. I think it was really hard for any viewer mm-hmm. to see themselves and be like, that's my relationship. I'm the nanny and my husband is a multi-billionaire. Like, who mm. has that relationship? I think it's just one of those uh, scenarios that's just so out there. So 1%, it's just one of those things. So, so I'd say solely just based off of relationship dynamic, I be. Okay. I agree with that. Okay, next one. Roseanne and Dan Connor from Roseanne. I'm giving them. Oh, you seem like you have a little. A little I, let's hear what you say first. I gave. I I single handedly placed. You're right. The name. You're right. You're right. So for this one, I'm giving them an A. Really? I thought they were. They had a lot of issues with each other. Lots of issues. But at the end of the day, see. Hold on. As a couple, I don't think. Mm, you're putting Roseanne and Dan Connor at an A. Hear me out. I think what I'm confusing is them as parents rather than a couple. Okay. I think they were a great parents. I thought they did a lot for their kids. They, you know, they sacrificed a lot for their kids. Okay. Okay. You know, I were they the best? No, but you know, I feel like things they said I heard growing up. Um. Okay. So I think that they generally did love each other. Okay. In my in my eyes. <laughs> I think they generally liked each other. Were they as compatible, maybe? No, but see that I think that's what it is. I'm mixing up parents and relationship. Okay. So I, I agree. They did love each other. They I had a lo- also skewed right now because I just watched one of the scenes where Dan has to change his like eating style and eating habits. And Roseanne is like, I don't want you to die. And they get into this whole big fight and Dan starts like flipping furniture. And Roseanne's like, Oh, big, strong man. Now, aren't you? And he's just getting angrier and angrier. And I, so I'm seeing that. Cause I just watched one of their biggest fights in the TV show. And it was like a big moment in the show. Mm. I will agree. I think that. As a couple, they loved each other. Mm. I don't think that they were the healthiest couple or the most mm-hmm. functional couple. Mm-hmm. However, they did manage to raise four, 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 four kids? kids, three kids. Yeah, I think three or four. Yeah, they managed to raise a bunch of kids and basically raised their kids' partners as well. Yeah. It was like Johnny Galecki's character, David, was always over the house, which if you've watched the, the new new series the connors whatever mm. um i kind of fell out of it but i was watching some stuff this past week okay david's an asshole <laughs> not dude, a good transition <laughs> dude david is a deadbeat david is david's a deadbeat dad like <laughs> dude david's terrible he completely abandoned uh, his kids 
And then like wants to come back and be dad and is like, nah, I'm out again. That's okay. But that's not what I was expecting. No, dude, he's terrible. Like Johnny Galecki, Leonard Hofstadter from uh, Big Bang Theory plays a deadbeat. But no, I I okay, I would agree with you. Um, would you say A? Mm. I'd I'd say low A. I'd I'd say they're in Give our bottom part of the Give them a B. So I high B, I, do you want to put them? So we have two couples in the B right now. We have the nanny and we have Jackie and Kelso. I'm going to give them a high B just because they, you know, they went through a lot. They stuck it out. I'll, it, I'll agree with that. They had, they had beef. They had some beef, but, you know, they but love they each other. Adversity. Exactly. Exactly. As a couple, they came together and they figured it out. Are they perfect? No, no, not at all. But strong parents. Okay. Okay. We got two more. Mm. So seeing how you gave Dan and Roseanne a B, I'm really interested to hear what are you going to give Peg and Al Bundy? I don't like Al Bundy. Really? He just doesn't. I don't relate to him. I feel like he's. I get douchebag vibes from him. I'd say he's kind of like the live action bad Homer. Mm. Like, I feel like, you know, they the dynamic between. Uh, like working dad, stay at home mom is very similar between what we see in Homer and Marge mm. and Alan Peg. The difference being at the end of the day, Homer and Marge actually have a loving marriage mm-hmm. where I think Peg and Al love each other. I think Peg really loves Al and Al just loves having things done for him. Mm. So I personally would say put them down in the D category. I don't think they're an F, mm. but I would say right around Zach and Kelly. I think it's fair. I'm would just he, not. A, I'm just not a fan of the character. He just is not a character I'm a fan of, and I feel like he's just like I don't know how anyone can like be with him and stuff like that. And it's just mm-hmm. eh, his interaction. Let's let's go with D. Above or below Zach and Kelly? Below. Okay. And we have our final couple. Oh, I'm ready for this one. I'm ready for this one. Doug Funny and Patty Mayo. Okay. How about this? On this, on a count of three, we'll say our answer. All right. Three, two, one. F. 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 F, F, bro. F, bro. F. Okay. Well, we were on opposite sides. Okay. Opposite sides, bro. Why F? Why F? All right. So, I feel like they were very superficial. I feel like Patty Mayonnaise was entertaining the whole streets. She was talking to everyone out there. Oh, but there's Doug over here. Like she did not give Doug the attention he deserved. And Doug sent for Patty. Skeeter didn't have the balls. I don't know if he had balls, but he didn't have the balls to tell him like, yo, just move on. She's not worth it. But he's like, yo, it's Patty Mayonnaise with the yellow hair. Like, bro, move on. Patty gave him no time of day. Once every often, their hands would touch and oh, we're, we're good for another like 15 episodes. Bro, Patty, I feel like Patty knew what she was doing and she was abusing the situation. 
I think I watched something completely different from what you watch. I'm, but, I'm just, I'm pretty sure he actually dates. Um, I'm pretty sure Doug actually ends up dating uh, Patty Mayonnaise. I think they actually end up dating, but bro, like they were never like really a couple couple. They were just kind of like, they were kind of like how I was with someone in high school. And I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, wait, 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 wait. They, not until the movie. It's in the movie that they end up dating. Briefly, right? Like right at the end. This is what Patty <laughs> reminds me. Patty and Doug's relationship reminds me of. Am I right or wrong? You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. 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 I got you. I got you. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. I think that the idea of them as a couple is what makes it iconic. I would mm. concede to a D. <laughs> Bro, they weren't even a couple, man. Okay, that's true. That's true. They that's were true. a fantasy. This, I, I believe the whole Doug universe was just a fantasy in this man's head. I mean, it, the whole town was called Bluffington. Was home bluffing on the like our bag patty mayonnaise. Okay, okay. So then I guess if if we're gonna put them as an F, what was Doug, what was Doug's last name? Funny, right? Funny, right? Yeah, funny. Pa- patty, funny. Like Doug. I, was, I mean, listen. You said that she was up and down them streets, right? Bro, she was up and down entertaining everyone but Doug. Roger Klotz, <laughs> Skeeter. Bro, he the was Dinks. Clot- bro. He was clotting some mayonnaise. I'll tell you that. So. That's F ranking. <laughs> do we put do we put them above yeah. do we put them above or below Sam and Diane? From um from Cheers. You put them below that, bro. Really? At, le- at least Sam was clapping cheeks. This man was just clapping hands, just high fives. No, no. Patty was trash to Doug. Doug was simping for Patty. I feel like she helped him every now and then. Like she was actually friendly to him. She led him on. She led him she on. She led him on and did him dirty. But I don't think she was actually ever. Why do you think Roger Clot was blue? Roger Clot wasn't blue. He was green. green. Skeeter was blue. Sorry, my bad. My bad. My bad. The colors were a little <laughs> off for me. My bad. My bad. I had to smack my television and what, change my contrast. Over there? I had to change the contrast on the TV when I was a kid. <laughs> so I. Okay. If we're going to put them oh. in F, I would say they have to be above Sam and Diane because Patty at least was helping. Patty helped people. She may have helped people more than she helped Doug, but she was at least a nice person. Diane, Diane was a bitch. Diane, what, what show was this again? Cheers. Cheers. Diane always thought that she knew more than everybody because she was learned. She went to school. She thought she was smarter than everybody. I feel like at the end of the day, Sam and Diane could have a conversation with each other. They're, they're in seventh grade. Regardless. They're seventh graders. Are, is there one moment? Is there any moments where Diane was nice to Sam and Sam was nice to uh, Diane? Yes. So what's different than Patty Manis and Doug? Okay. Okay. I agree. Okay. okay. Sam got the claps from Cheeks. This man clapped nothing. This man was clapping chalkboard erasers. Okay, let's no mayonnaise. Let dry. let's do our rundown of our list. You ever had a chicken patty without mayonnaise? Yeah, pretty dry. I I'm not a fan of mayonnaise. 
<laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's not even more reason to put her ass at the bottom. You do know she's named after chicken patty with mayonnaise, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's here's our rundown of our of our list. Gotcha. We have at the top of the list. I'm just I'm just gonna go from top to bottom. Yeah. We have Aunt Becky and Uncle Jesse in the S tier, right? In the S tier, and God Corey bless. and Topanga also in the S tier. God bless their souls. As A's, Homer and Marge, Chandler and Monica. Yeah. Our B tier, Roseanne and Dan Connor, Fran and Maxwell Sheffield, and then Jackie and Kelso from that 70s show. Yeah. Sitting in C all by themselves, Ross and Rachel. Mm. In D tier, we have Zach Morris and Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell, as well as Peg and Al Bundy. And then rounding out the F tier, Sam and Diane from Cheers. And you, with your very strong conviction, Doug Funny and Patty, Doug Funny and Patty Them Streets Mayo. Sounds perfect to me. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, that that took a lot longer than expected. That that, dude. Okay, yeah. so let's get into our meat and potatoes. Yes. Okay, so today on our episode, we are doing a 90s crush draft list. So these are actresses from iconic TV shows and movies that we grew up watching. Let me just do a rundown of our list. We have Amy Jo Johnson, Linda Carter-Alini, Jennifer Aniston, Sandra Bullock, Kirsten Storm, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Daniel Fischel, Carmen Electra, Lark Voorhees, Melissa Joan Hart, Tiffany Thiessen, Pamela Anderson, and Alicia Silverstone. There are 13 celebrities. We will take turns selecting six. So we're going to go back and forth. I got this, this will leave one on the board for next year. Okay. So, Joe, I'm going to give you first pick of the draft. Oh, perfect. Who are you going for right off the bat? Jennifer Aniston. Do son of a bitch. Jennifer Aniston. Oh, there was. I saw this list. I was like, there's no. Mm, there's a couple of good ones, but Jennifer Aniston by far. She gets better with age. Dude, she did. She. I 90s I Jennifer her. Aniston I, was gorgeous. I thought I loved her with those, you know, long sweaters and cardigans and stuff like that mm -hmm. and friends and stuff like that. I love her even more with Adam Sandler and, you know, oh murder gosh. mystery. Right. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay. So if we're, if we're going for better with age, then I mean, Sandra Bullock right off the bat, dude, that's a good, I, one. I have to go with Sandra Bullock. She Miss congeniality, the Great. proposal, dude, Sandra Bullock, hands down. She has character too. Like, she's not just a pretty face. She's also There's substance. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. okay. I got my next one. This next one was hard, but then I saw a name and I was like, I have to pick this one. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Son of a bitch, dude. <laughs> okay. Why, why Jennifer Love Hewitt? I thought she was always that kind of, she had that quirky personality, but she was cute. Mm -hmm. She wasn't overly sexualized, I thought. But overall, she, she, she could. She could look smart. She could look hot. Mm -hmm. But overall, she had personality and she had character behind her. Not as much as Sandra Bullock, of course. Um, but she was young into the game. And I always remember her with Jackie Chan and the movie The Tuxedo. Okay. I thought she played a great character as like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and stuff like that. But I can help out and do as much as I can. I thought that was a great role for her. 
Okay. I remember watching her in the Boy Meets World episode. It was like the mm. Friday the 13th Halloween episode. Yep. And they brought her in. Phenomenal. She played like Eric's girlfriend in a dream. <laughs> I absolutely loved that. I had a huge crush on her. And that was why I watched most of Ghost Whisperer. Okay. Uh, okay. So then you picked Jennifer Love Hewitt. I hate you. Yep. Um, I, I'm just going to go for this one because I'm afraid of you taking her. Uh, Daniel Fischel. I... I don't think I need to go into it. I love yeah. Corey and Topanga. Yeah. Like I grew up watching Boy Meets World. Daniel Fischel was a huge crush on mine. Mm. Very good one. Very good one. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, not someone I was going to take. Oh, good. So the person I would take next would be Carmen Electra. Okay. Um, I thought she was just great overall. Did you know she had a rap career? I heard that. It wasn't that great. I'm glad. I don't want her in these streets. I don't belong in these streets like Patty. <laughs> so you took Carmen Electra. I am going to have to go Linda Cardellini because I mean, you, I, mm-hmm. I know I brought it down as Good, good Burger as well, yeah, but one. Freaks and Geeks. She was Velma in the Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. She was also in Boy Meets World. That was a sleeper pick for me. That was a sleeper Dude, one. She, so Linda Cardellini played Lauren who is in the little snow lodge that was like mm-hmm. helping nurse Corey back to health and almost, almost became the reason that Corey cheated. Okay. So we each have our three. We are halfway through the draft. Who yeah. are you going up with next? And you grab Linda. I grabbed Linda. So current rundown, you have picked Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Carmen Electra. I have gone Sandra Bullock, Daniel Fischel, Linda Cardellini. Mm. I'm going to take Emily Anderson. And, I'd rather have Yasmin Bleeth. And there's no uh, no explanation needed. You, oh, yeah. Listen, dude, you got a, you got a stacked team. I know. Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Carmen Electra, Pamela Anderson. Dude, I think you went with like just like classic beauty. Yeah. I went with like childhood crush. <laughs> yeah, you went with childhood crush. I was like, yo, I'm just. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go with Tiffany Thiessen then. If you're taking Pamela mm. Anderson. Hmm. It was on my list. I loved watching Saved by the Bell. I always had a big crush on Kelly Kapowski. I liked the way, like, I know we just talked about it with her and Zach Morris. Yeah. I loved that whole, like, high school sweetheart vibe. Mm-hmm. As a couple, it was definitely toxic. But as a kid watching that, like, I mean, what kid didn't want that? That's true. And then for my my next pick, I gotta go Alicia Silverstone. I thought you were gonna pick her a while ago, dude. So... I didn't watch Clueless until, for the first time until last year. Mm. While Batman and Robin might be one of my favorite Batman movies, I forgot that it was Alicia Silverstone who played Batwoman, mm. the Batgirl, mainly because I didn't think that she was that memorable. I didn't put two and two together until I saw the sheet. I was I, like, oh, they look alike. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. They're the same person. Okay. So I, my next pick, I'm going to go Kirsten Storm. Mm. I was a huge Xenon girl, a 21st century fan, but my mom also watched days of our lives and Kirsten storm played bell on days of our lives. And I remember watching it or it was on the background almost every single day when I got home from school and dude, I had, I had a huge crush on bell. Mm. We have three left up on the board. Amy, Joe Johnson, Lark Voorhees, and Melissa Joan Hart. 
So I was looking through before I even make my pick. Mm-hmm. The person who I had my eyes locked on, I'm picking this person, was Amy Jo Johnson. Okay. Pink Power Ranger, you can't get any better than that. Well, you can't. I obviously picked like six other. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. She's, she's your last pick of the draft. Like, like she, uh, you know, you can't. Anyway, great. You know, then there's like Voorhees. Great person. Lisa Turtle. Again, I didn't see a lot of Saved by the Bell, but I mm-hmm. do know Lisa. Then I was like, wait a minute. Sabrina to teenage wit. I feel like she was just a fun character. No, nothing looks really related, but I thought she was just a fun character. Very fun, quirky, you know, overall good time, calm, relaxing. When I watched mm-hmm. her and, you know, when I was growing up, you know, it would be right around, you know, Hollywood Squares times. Mm-hmm. Very calm vibes I got from her. Dude, I I love the show. She was great on that. Also, like, did you did you ever watch Clarissa Explains It All? Yes. Well, like, good to go show. F- like we we grew up with Melissa Joan Hart, and that's one of the things that I think is like why my list is mainly the way it is because these characters, like these actresses, we grew up watching them. So like, yeah. they were a few years older than us, and we grew up with them, and we were on experience together. They provide mm-hmm. an experience, and then we. Us watching that gave them more experiences to give back to us. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, yeah, we grew up together. Exactly. So then that leaves me with the choice between Amy Jo Johnson and Lark Voorhees, Pink Power Ranger, or Lisa, Lisa Turtle. Turtle. Oh, that's a hard choice, man. That's a hard choice. However, I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. I know you are. My favorite ranger is the Green Ranger. Mm-hmm. And the Green Ranger's love interest is the Pink Ranger. Was the Pink Ranger. So I am going to have to go with Amy Jo Johnson. There you go. For a second, I thought you were about to switch it up and be like, I'm going Lisa Turtle. And I was like, what? There, there could have been a few circumstances where it would have been Lark Voorhees. Like if you had, I think if you had selected Linda Cardellini, I would have had to, I would have had to count him with Lark Voorhees. Mm. But. I think getting Velma on my list early on was that was, that was good. That was a steal. Yeah. Velma is Dude, I, I'm curious. So we so my list ended up being Sandra Bullock, Daniel Fischel, Linda Cardellini, Tiffany Thiessen, Kirsten Storm, and Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah. Yours was Jennifer Anderson, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Carmen Electra, Pamela Anderson, Alicia Silverstone, and Melissa Joan Hart. I'm curious. As to who our listeners think had the better list. It's a tough one. One's more nostalgic. The other one I think was just different. Yeah. I think, I think mine plays more into nostalgic childhood. Yeah. Well, I think you, you definitely went with, I, I don't want to say more classically beautiful woman, but your the people who you selected were, were definitely of woman. an older variety. Yeah. That's my politest way to yeah. say that. What do you say we go into our trivia? Let's do it, man. Up next, the ultimate test of courage. Nickelodeon Guts. All right. If you want, I'll start first. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you start us off? We had a lot of uh, females that we picked in our list and our drafts. So. Yes, we did. Let's continue it off a little, a little bit more. 
Which one of these supermodels was not featured in George Michael's Freedom 90 video? Was it Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, Elle McPherson, or Christy Perlington? Was it Elle McPherson? I don't know how you got that right, dude. How do you, how? Just a good guess, man. Good guess. Man, he's good. He's good. Okay. I got a okay. spelling bee question for you. I got this. Spell the word frappuccino. Part milkshake, part cappuccino. All frothy joy. That okay. last part was perfect. <laughs> anyway. Frappuccino. Frappuccino. Um, all right. <clears throat> it's a noun. Frappuccino. F. R. A. P. P. Mm-hmm. I. C I N O. Incorrect. You get one more try if you want it. Oh, uh, you were you were really close. I I knew, I knew I was like I got half that word right. I got the frat part easily. All right. So frappuccino, part milkshake, part cappuccino, all frothy joy. Country of origin, Italy. There's no H. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Actually, there might be an H. F R A P P A C H I N O. Even worse. No, 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 no. F R A P P A C C I N O. Very close. It's F R A P P A C C I N A O. Did you say N E A? N E A. And what the squiggly line? No. No, shit. <laughs> it is F R A. P P U. God damn it. C C I N. No squiggly. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> Frap. Uh. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Now let's say it. Frap. Uh. Chino. I can't believe you. Frap. What? Frap. Ah. Chino. Oh. Frap. It. Chino. I love how you did the C H I N O. Yeah. I was like, there's no way there's CH. Oh my gosh. Okay, what's your next question? Right, next one. Okay. According to their poetic chorus of their hit song, what did Limp Biscuit do it all for? For that. Incorrect. I would do anything. Oh, for love. No, no, that's that's not that's not Limp Biscuit. That's no, not Limp Biscuit. What am I thinking of? But I won't do that. That's a different song. What'd he do? Did it all for the Nookie. Oh. Am I thinking, I, oh, am I thinking Meatloaf? I think so. I'm making, mixing up Limp Biscuit and Meatloaf. <laughs> Limp Biscuit thing and Fat Lip. Mm. Mm. Okay. What? Well, double or nothing. Okay. Why did they do it? Not a clue. I couldn't remember Limp Biscuit. They did it all for the Nookie. You can take that cookie. If you can't tell, I'm not a big Limp Biscuit fan. I don't know where this is from, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got one for you. Michael Jordan announced his return to the NBA in 1995 by faxing a simple two-word statement. I'm back. What did it say? I'm back. I'm back. That was the goatest thing you could do. Right? Just a press conference. What'd you get from Michael Jordan? Just a fax. 
what what the facts say? I'm back. Is that it? Like that yeah. it? Yeah, a whole sheet of paper. Killed the whole tree for this. Okay, what's your last trivia question? Last one. All right. How many calories were in a single 16 ounce can of the citrus flavored soft drink Surge? 16 ounces. 16 ounce can of Surge. 180. More. 220. Very close. 230. Spot on. 230 calories. I was thinking about what a 12 ounce can is, and usually 12 ounce can is about. 100 to 130 so just doing doing maths in my head doing some big maths yeah okay i got i got one for you it right. pulls back to our conversation from earlier today who wears red sneakers khaki shorts white t-shirt and a green sweater vest red shoes red shoes khaki shorts green sweater vest and a white t-shirt Oh, Doug? <laughs> Doug funny? Doug funny. That funny guy. Yeah. Oh. Getting ready to go with Patty Mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I pulled this before the show. I did not know you were going to go ham on Doug. I'm sorry, bro. He, 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 he deserves better, and his boys should have told him better. Skeeter should have had him. Skeeter did not have Doug's you know back. Why the, you know why Skeeter actually didn't have his back? Because he was getting them cheeks. Because he was getting the mayonnaise, bro. He was spreading that mayonnaise all over that patty. He said, I need two packets of mayonnaise. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's why he was blue. <laughs> okay, so hopefully you've enjoyed our 90s couples and crushes episode. I've been Alex. I've been Joe. Peace. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast. Follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure to never miss an episode. Till the next episode.